we've maintained a very consistent attitude all throughout our season and uh, all throughout the first three games of this playoff series, which is um, we're very even-keeled group. Uh, so while this is a big win, it's a big comeback for our group. We're looking to build on it. We also know that they're, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy it for a little bit, and then we're going to get down to work. There's lots of work to be done. I said to you, uh, this group the other the other day that we've we've prepared for a long series. We were bunkered in for a long series, and uh, tonight we we got a big win. It's best of three now. Okay, that's Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Now, first of all, there was some outstanding hockey this weekend. Let's all be on the same page about something here. Um, everybody's gotten their money's worth. Everybody, like if, if you're, I always say this, if you weren't a fan of hockey before and you just watched the first week of the playoffs and this weekend specifically, and you came away from the weekend and you said, nah, you know what, really didn't enjoy it, then you're never going to enjoy hockey. Then hockey really isn't for you. It's not going to be your sport because hockey gave everybody this weekend a reason to be their favorite sport. The action has been outstanding. Um, and I don't even think that L.A. and um, Los Angeles, uh, L.A. and Edmonton has been the best series. And that's been an incredible series. Minnesota, Dallas, right there. Seattle, Colorado, right there. There have been some tremendous series so far and some great action. So that's Jay Woodcroft talking about hunkering in for a a long series. Now, that game, I was saying this on the podcast, that game was about probably five different games all wrapped up into one. And as much as Woodcroft would like to focus on, you know, the process that the Oilers are going through and this is what we're doing. There was the in case of emergency break glass moment for Edmonton yesterday and that's whenever you see Woodcroft putting 97 and 29 together, you know it's we need to manufacture something fast. This is like when the Chicago Blackhawks would find themselves down a couple of games or down a couple of pucks in a period what would Joel Quenville always do? What was the go-to? What was the in case of emergency break glass moment? What was the um, what was the remedy for what was ailing the Chicago Blackhawks? They would put Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane together to the point where we would actually openly talk about this on the air, whether it's television or radio or wherever. Why don't they just leave those two together? Quenville always wanted to separate uh, 19 and 88. But nonetheless, that was the in-case-of-emergency break-glass moment. Um, And who on their bingo card had Jack Campbell saves the season? You know, we've talked about goaltenders saving seasons this year uh, for a couple of NHL teams. We saw Phoenix Copley do it for the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, We saw Alex Lyon do it for the Florida Panthers. And then when it was looking... Like the Oilers were going to go down three games to one after getting completely caved in. In the first period of last night's game, goals by Velarde, Arvidsson, and Kopitar. And a spectacular save by Jonas Corposalo, who made us all harken back to his bubble performance during the COVID NHL playoffs. Who thought that it was going to be Jack Campbell that came in and saved the season for the Edmonton Oilers. Well, that's exactly what he did. Skinner comes out after the first, Campbell goes in, and it's a different Oilers squad. It's a completely different second period. I know Kings fans will complain about the penalty to Kevin Fiala. Did I like it? No. 
but calls are calls and they're going to go both ways. And trust me, we're going to talk a lot about officiating on the program today. Evan Bouchard with the Bush Bomb, as it's being called. I love when Harner Ryan calls it that. The Bush Bomb from the point made a 3-1 to one, and it was signs of life for the Edmonton Oilers, and then a pair by Leon Dreisaitl, and they're off to the races. The thing goes into overtime, and it is Zach Hyman, who a scant few moments before had to make the skate of shame after the slash on Mikey Anderson, a really undisciplined play, the skate of shame to the penalty box, and only had to sit there and think, did I just cost my team another loss? That's going to put us down three games to one. Hyman was the player that ended it. And that's only one series. There were so many great ones. We'll go over all of them. We'll preview tonight. Craig Simpson coming up, bottom of the hour. Gary Galley coming up, top of hour two. Peter Baugh from The Athletic will talk to us about the Avalanche. And they're in a great series right now with the Seattle Kraken. Avalanche up two to one. Uh, but as we do each and every program, quick pause. Back with Elliot Friedman. Let's get the show started. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, welcome back to the program. Um, so the, the 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 schedule right now, just to get everyone on the same page here, is is going to start to calm down a little bit. But tonight, we still have four games on the go. The New York uh, Rangers face off against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, you can watch that one on Sportsnet 360. It is the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Golden Knights and the Jets, the Avalanche and the Kraken. And I don't know about you, so I, I threw this one out um, early today on, on Twitter. You know, what has, been, uh, what has been the biggest moment for you so far in these playoffs? Um, had a couple of really interesting answers. Let me get a couple of these in here as we, we stand by for, uh, for Elliot. Uh, Dave Tomlinson, ex-NHLer, submits the first ever Seattle Kraken home playoff game. The atmosphere was electric from start to finish. I know the finish of the game isn't exactly what the Seattle Kraken and their fans would had hoped for. And Nathan McKinnon kind of just flat out took this game over. But everything around the pregame hype to the uh, the intros, the, the pregame celebrations, the fans uh, were outstanding. When Jaden Schwartz scores the goal to make it one nothing Seattle, the place absolutely comes unglued. I think it was, you know, despite the fact that Seattle didn't get what they wanted by the end, and they fought back to make this one a game. I thought that was a great uh, first playoff game uh, in Seattle Kraken history. Dave Tomlinson, agree with you on that one. Um, Ethan Rondeau submits Taylor Hall's outstanding breakaway goal. First of all, that move was ridiculous on Bobrovsky, who's just spinning. Uh, Taylor Hall's outstanding breakaway goal. Dude moves. That finish was the perfect exclamation point for the win. Go Bruins. Hashtag bleed black and gold. How do you like the Bruins, eh? No Bergeron, although looks pretty good for game five. Uh, no Bergeron, no Krejci, and the team just keeps on ticking to the point where, you know, it's a stranglehold, right? Now it's 3-1, to one and you have Linus Allmark, who's going to most likely win the Vesna Trophy this year, uh, has already scored a goal and uh, tried to, tries to get in a fight with Matthew Kachuk towards the end of the game to the point where he's trying to get at him as the official is holding him back and he's taking off his gloves to fight Matthew Kachuk. And by the way, we thought it would take a while, but we'd finally get there. And 
you know, this weekend was probably it. Game four was probably there. Uh, when this whole thing would just turn into Matthew Kachuk versus the Boston Bruins, and I think we got there over the weekend. Elliot Freeman joins me now from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Elliot, um, heck of a weekend. Great action. Yep. Uh, pretty yep. much all of the series have, whether whether the action has been there, there's been intrigue and some great storylines. And uh, I want to start by talking about the officiating. And I want to focus on... A positive to start with because I know there's been a lot of negatives around the officiating and maybe you have a theory I know I have a theory about why it this is a, a conversation we'll, we'll pick up from the podcast that just came out you know why, why it seems like there's more complaining about the officiating right now so texting with someone this morning who brings up a, a really interesting point um, since pretty much the opening face-off, the opening puck drop on this year's edition of the uh, of, of the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's been a lot of grousing about the officiating, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, whether it's certainly fans, whether it's media. I mean, every single day it's this, you know, news cycle churn of officiating complaints. But you know what we haven't had? Like, not one so far we are going to get them it just hasn't happened so far despite the fact we complain so much about the officials there hasn't been an offside challenge yet i know who you got that email that text from because i get to get them from the same person um you got the same one it's interesting isn't it not one you know so when when everybody runs and listens to this show uh, either live now or when it comes out in podcast form later just remember that it's if you want to direct the league shill accusations, they're at Merrick this year, not me. Okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Jeff. Yeah, I mean that that's actually it's true, and it's actually pretty amazing when I saw it because like there's no closer call, uh, there, there's no closer call than offside, and and those and as you've seen so many times when we're reviewing offside, like those margins are razor thin, especially at high speed. Uh, And, you know, the other thing, too, is I I really believe, and I I believe it more than ever, that linesmen should err on the side of let it go if it's close, and then review will catch it. And the fact that we haven't had any, I think it's, it's pretty incredible. Well, you know, what's that? I was just going to say what what it does is, you know, I was, I was talking to another person about this phenomenon and this person said to me, well, all it says is that the linesmen are doing a better job than the referees because they're, they're catching all their offsides. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I thought it was a different way to look at it. Yeah, I know. Anyway, continue. You, you, know, you know what it is? And uh, I, I think that um, I, I'll tell you this. and I wish I would have said this on the pod because I was talking about it with someone this morning. And, you know, he said to me that he thinks one of the biggest reasons that people get frustrated is that, like in the other sports, you know, a major league umpire can be... NBA releases their two-minute... Like a major league umpire can be brought out to talk about it. The NBA releases their two-minute report... And they said to me that they bet that people would be a lot more patient or a bit more patient. I don't know about a lot, uh, a, a bit more patient if there was like also one has to if someone comes out and says, look, I was thinking this or, uh, you know, this was my thought process or uh, some cases, you know, I, I, I missed that one. Um, 
you know, I, I think that people would understand, uh, you know, like uh, that's what it kind of comes down to. Um, but uh, I think, uh, honestly, I do believe that, Jeff. If there was more of a process for someone to come forward and say, here, here's what I was thinking or uh, that one was off, I, I think people would be a lot more understanding. So there was there was something that you said to me yesterday, and after the podcast, I thought about it, and then woke up this morning, and I found that I was thinking about it some more. And that is, does it seem like right now there's more complaining about the officiating than ever before? Now, my mm-hmm. default around this time of year is this is baked into the pie, that there's going to be a lot of complaining from all corners about the officiating. It's the nature of the first round. But... There's one other thing that I that I thought of this morning as well, and mm-hmm. and it's kind of along these these lines. Once upon a time in the playoffs, sounds like story time here. Once upon a time, kids, in these carefree halcyon days of 20 years ago in the NHL, uh, officials, the referees put away the whistles, right? And we all mm-hmm. knew that going in that you were gonna have like you were going to have to be incarcerated. Like, you weren't going to the penalty box, you were going to jail. That's the only way you were going to get a call. Like, if you, not that yep. it, did it rise to the level of it's a penalty, it's, did it rise to the level of it's a crime. That's the only way you're going to get a call. Now, that has changed over the course of time, and now officials are actively encouraged by whether it's, you know, the NHL, Stephen Walkham, you know, of the, the Officials Association. Like, there's a lot of different pressures that are being placed on officials to make calls so we've gone from the one area of complaint which was they're not calling anything and that was the only complaint that you could make to now they're calling a lot of things so now this is what i thought this morning is it just that there are more things to complain about so it feels like there are more because the officials are making more calls. Once upon a time, they didn't make calls at all, and all we complained about was they're not making calls. Now that they are encouraged to make more calls, we have much more of a buffet, I suppose, to approach. Grab your plate and choose what you're going to put on it first. Maybe is that a reason why it feels like, or maybe there actually is more complaining about officials. You know, I, I think, Jeff, it's a very fair comment to make because it is true. There's been a big change from no calls to calls. Like, the thing that I have an issue with, and I understand it's a really fast game, it's just that, you know, I remember Stephen Walkham talking about a one GM meeting. Just, you know, like, and and I, I don't want to use – I actually don't want to use Stephen Walkham against the referees because I don't necessarily think it's fair. But I, I just remember the quote, like, make sure it's a penalty. Like, make sure you know, don't make the call because you think this happened. And, like, for example, with Marcus Foligno last night, I, I think that was the kind of the case. It was, oh, I think this happened because of the way the bodies ended up or or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, I don't like ticky-tack fouls in the playoffs. I've told you that many times. But if, uh, if it's a foul, I can deal with it. Um, I just think, like, um, like we're seeing penalties called that really aren't penalties. And so like, that's, that's a concern, you know, I'm going to take it a step further. And because again, I was having this conversation this morning. I wonder if some of it is because of two things that are out of the referees controls. Number one is increased gambling. And number two is just the ticket prices in the playoffs are higher than ever before. So, like, 
like, I don't know what percentage of people gamble. Um, I do a little bit. I haven't really a lot lately. I do a little bit, but I'm very careful. I don't wager anything that I'm worried about losing. For me, it's more of a fun thing than a, a thing I have to do. And like I said, I haven't been doing much, if any of it, lately. But I bet you that there are people out there uh, who are, um, you know, gambling uh, on these games. And, you know, the, the, they get a call and they're freaking out on social media. Or, and, you know, I t- some, and someone's going to listen to this and they're going to kind of smile because we had this conversation. They share a, a, a ticket package. And, like he said, you wouldn't believe how much the playoff tickets are that I have to pay. And when you go and your team loses game one like the Leafs did and you paid for a ticket or a call really affects your enjoyment of the game, whether that's right or wrong, like anytime there's a financial thing involved, Jeff, it, it, it makes yeah. it worse. And so, like, I wonder of all these things you are t- we are talking about here, number one, you saying we've gone from no calls to lots of calls, me saying I think the problem is they're calling penalties that aren't actually penalties, and, no, and, and, and adding in gambling, the cost of ticket prices, and just the overall angry energy of social media, I wonder if we've baked the world's perfect angry cake. I don't know, but it just seems like <laughs> all of that is part of it. Elliot Friedman meme coming up. Elliot bakes the angry cake. Uh, Twitter, you know what I to would, do with this one. Uh, I would definitely eat it too, I have to tell you. <laughs> the uh, the uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, first round angry cake. I love it. Okay, a, a couple of things. So we'll, we'll park the... Um, We'll park the officiating talk here for for a while, although it's it, it's going to jump up again. We'll probably end up talking about it tomorrow. We'll see what happens tonight in the four games. But um, I don't know which series I like the best here. Like, there's lots of uh, what I like about, you know, in Minnesota-Dallas. Um, there's lots in L.A. and Edmonton that I really enjoy. Uh, but the one that I keep kind of coming back to, which I just think has been fantastic, is Seattle and Colorado. Like, I don't know that there's a faster series uh, than this, like right away, even watching, you know, LA and Edmonton, you measure that up against Seattle, Colorado and Seattle, Colorado was still a track meet from the opening face off to the final buzzer. Like this thing is fantastic. And we saw the first, uh, playoff game in Seattle history didn't end the way Seattle wanted, but still nonetheless, a great experience and a good fight put up by the Kraken. Uh, let's start there. Nathan McKinnon saying, I'm putting a stamp on this game. Your thoughts on what we saw in Seattle Saturday. Well, first of all, Jeff, I, 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 like the one thing you're totally right about is we may be bitching about the refereeing or whatever, but we just had the greatest weekend of hockey like in a long time. Like, just what yeah. a product to watch this weekend! It was, uh, it was incredible, and it's just a reminder of why the first round of the playoffs are the best. And you know what? You know what? The worst thing about that is, I can just see the smile on Bettman's face as he says. This is proof that our playoff system is working because everybody loves the first round. <laughs> uh, uh, um, you know, like, like first of all, you know, just great atmosphere in Seattle. I mean, it was, you know, watching as, you know, the, 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 the skated out for the puck drop and just the atmosphere there. Like, it was uh, great 
Seattle's become a very important franchise revenue-wise in the league. And put it this way, you wouldn't mind one more, at least one more Seattle home game if you want the cap uh, to go in the in the right direction. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I just agree with you. I, it, like to me, it was almost as if those Colorado guys have said, like they they lose game one, they fall behind in game two, they really look like they're in trouble, and then it's like McKinnon and Ranton and McCarr just said, okay, enough of this, and. You know, yep. Seattle really battles. Like, I give them credit. They score uh, They score first. They fall behind. Um, they come back and tie it, and you're looking at, like, what's going on here? And then McKinnon and McCarr and Randon say, okay, e- enough of this. And, you know, to me, that's the difference in the series. Seattle, as, as improved as they are, and they are really improved, they don't have that. Now, very few people have that. That's why Colorado won the Stanley Cup last year. But they don't have that. Mm-hmm. I think... To win in the playoffs, you need depth and you need great talent, and you need both of it. And and Colorado's got that. Like I think you can make an argument that maybe Seattle's a deeper team, but Colorado's got uh, the depth that that. Uh, so, sorry, Colorado's got the stars, the elite talent that Seattle just can't match. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. I, I want to fly through some some games here in our, our, our sure. limited time, uh, and and l- l- we'll focus on the games tonight. And listen, Avalanche sure. Kraken uh, game four tonight. Colorado leads the series by a uh, a two to one margin. Also, Vegas leads Winnipeg by a a two to one margin, and it's not getting any easier for the Winnipeg Jets. Like we've no. talked plenty about how this is, you know, most likely the last hurrah with this group. Um, and then you lose Josh Morrissey, um, uh, like we saw tied up with Zach Whitecloud, and you know the whole situation around around Nick Ehlers is bizarre and unfortunate um, right now. God bless Neil Pionk and, and Adam Lowry who are trying to do everything to to will this team into victories. But uh, at the end of it, this is a really good Vegas Golden Knights team. How do you see this series, and how do you see Game Four? Uh, I I think when uh... Hellebuck needs to be phenomenal. Like this is where Hellebuck has to take over the series if if Winnipeg like if Winnipeg's going to win. And and I and I think that goes that also happens for the likes of uh, Wheeler, uh, Shifley, Dubois, um, and you know, like I I just think Winnipeg's best players have to be phenomenal, and that starts in goal. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the playoffs. Your goalie has to be great. That goes triple for Hellebuck tonight. I loved Winnipeg's effort the other night. They had every excuse to quit. They won, uh, but they yeah. they need to be phenomenal. Um, would it be controversial to say that outside of Connor Hellebuck, I think that Adam Lowry's been the best player? No, I, I don't think that's controversial at all. I think he's been, I think he's been excellent, and I, I think there. I, I don't think it was a coincidence at all that Keegan Colasar went hard after him in the second shift of game number oh, yeah. uh, three because of how he hit Stone. Like, Colasar knew what he yeah. was doing. He was going right for Adam Lowry. Maple Leafs and Tampa Bay Lightning. Normally, we see the Maple Leafs lose games like game three. As a matter of yes. fact, that's kind of become the expectation. Um, Elias Samsonov had different ideas, and make no mistake about it, this was his game. Now, you know, I, I, I can always hear Kelly Rudy saying, 
Jeff, you shouldn't have to apologize for having a good goalie. Last time I yes. checked, the goalie was part of the team. So I always I always feel weird saying the goalie stole one because, you know, did Nathan McKinnon steal that game against the Seattle Kraken or was Nathan McKinnon excellent and the Colorado Avalanche won? Samsonov was the best player on the ice for the Toronto Maple Leafs, followed closely by Ryan O'Reilly. Your thoughts on the Leafs and Bolts, and what do we look for in Game 4? You know, we went into this series saying, as much as the Maple Leafs want to show that they, they won't get pushed around by the bullies who are the Tampa Bay Lightning, if they end up playing that game, it's doom for them. And make no mistake about it, Tampa wants to drag them into the alley. In this yep. series, when if you're Sheldon Keefe, if you're the Maple Leafs, how do you walk that line between we're not going to get bullied, but we're also not going to, you know, take this thing into the into the ditch? Well, you know, I think first of all, you should never listen to anything Kelly Rudy says. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> uh, you know, like I don't think on some level it can be avoided, as you said. That's that is how Tampa plays, and and they're going to play that game with you. So I wouldn't worry, like. Sometimes it's just going to happen, and that's just life, and, and 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 that's just life playing against the Lightning. You know, like if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, you're going to win games like that. You don't win. You don't have 16 Picassos. You have some. You, you have some ugly victories, and nobody needs to apologize for it. Um, you know, the thing about tonight is, uh, you know, you know, Tampa's going to be. They're, they don't want to go down three to one to these guys. So you know they're going to come yep. out and, and you're going to get their best. I'm really curious to see uh, of what the confidence of that victory does for Toronto, even though they didn't play great. Like, you know, like, it, like as everyone said, you know, they didn't win a lot of these games over the years. Well, now you've won one. So what does that mean, Jeff? Does that mean you elevate your play? Or does that mean you come out and say, well, we can win like that? Because if the answer is B, then then you're going to be in trouble. I also got to say, like, I can't believe this stuff about point faking. Like, it's it's so insane to me. Oh, like, just imagine yourself going. Just imagine yourself <laughs> going to the boards like that. He's probably winded. Like, yeah. uh, you know, people are just insane out there. Like, like, come on. Like, just have some common sense. Yeah, that one. I I was um I was surprised to see him back. I thought for sure the way he was the way he was holding his side. My first thought, Elliot, he's got broken ribs. Or as someone said that's, to me, sternum, but like full, same full kind stop. of thing. Yeah, they were they reminded them of Gerard last year when he got hit by Barbashev. Like they thought maybe sternum or something like that. Ooh. You know, and and that led to the um, uh, to the to the five minutes for for Morgan Riley, and that uh, initiates the review. We saw this with uh, the Minnesota uh, Dallas situation involving Joe Pavelski with with Matt Dumba. This is one of the positives that we're seeing. As much as people yeah, want to gross about I officiating, like I I I I think I think this one is. Uh, is real good. Um, also tonight, we'll see the New Jersey Devils with their new star goaltender, Elliot, face off against the Rangers. Uh, Rangers uh, up 2-1 to one in this series. Your thoughts on this one? You know, I, well, Schmidt's the number one guy now. Like, he's their goalie. And uh, I thought he was great in a really tough situation. Uh, very impressive. I think it's going to be even harder on the Devils tonight. Um, it, uh, you know, I just... Actually, it was funny. Like someone said to me the other day, look at all the members of the 2019 
uh, St. Louis Blues, the Stanley Cup champions that are having big effects on these playoffs. O'Reilly in Toronto, mm. Tarasenko in New York, um, uh, Petrangelo in Barbashev, Vegas, Barbara, Barbashev. Barbashev in Vegas. Barbashev. Like, like Tarasenko, yep. like um, in this series, you can see he's kind of re- found the joy again. Um, the Devils have to score five on five. Like they, they have won. Like you, I, you can't win in the playoffs like yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I, I know the Rangers' power play is is very good. It's really good. But you, you can't win in the playoffs without scoring five on five. It's just not going to work. Uh, that is a tough sled. Now, the, the one thing that we know about um, the NHL, Gary Bettman specifically, he doesn't like big news dropping while the games are on. If you're going to yeah. do your whatever, do it before the playoffs start. All the attention has to be on the games, the games, the games. Not, you know, this firing, this hiring, this controversial, etc. That is not something that the NHL encourages. As a matter of fact, it actively discourages it. I'm curious, I'm curious about this, Elliot. What's the one team that, as everyone tries to remain as quiet as possible right now, what's your most interesting non-playoff team in all of this silence? Is there one team that you look at and you say, all right, I know they want to do something, but they're not going to wreck a night of hockey and, and, and dominate the news cycle when the attention should be on, you know, the Avalanche and the Kraken and the, the Leafs in Tampa and Vegas and Winnipeg and the, the Battle of the Hudson. Is there one team that you have your eyes on? Oh, that's well, I, I would say Calgary would be one of them. Uh, just because, you know, we're waiting to get some clarification on, you know, how everything's going to shake out there. Um, uh, that, so that's, that would be one team I would absolutely be thinking about. And I, you know, I'll have to tell you this, like, um, I, I, I would also say, like, I think the Ottawa sales stuff is really interesting. Um, you know, Bruce Garriott reported sure. on the weekend that it's going to be middle of the middle of May and, uh, until we we'll find out about the final bids, but you know, Wrexham got relegation, right? Like every time they win, yeah. I can only imagine the people who are not aligned with Reynolds and the bid are like, <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right, on that we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap it. It's uh, it's bottom of the hour. We got to hustle. Um, you be well. Enjoy your nights. Uh, it should be going. By the way. The find of the year, you know, we always look for, you know, breakout players, players that really, you know, distinguish themselves. You just talked about um, Akira Schmid with, uh, with the New Jersey Devils yeah. distinguishing himself here. Derek alone's been awesome on the panel. Yeah, he's, he's been really good. Like, he's been him, so and B- good. him and Biaxa had a great night last night. The two of those guys really did an unbelievable oh, job. And, uh, and they, uh, like, it's, they did. Like, like people were texting me, like even my buddies, like they were all over me in the first intermission. They were like, ah, when when Campbell came out, they go, "You guys are geniuses. You called it so perfectly." Because we said the exact opposite, so they were just trashing me. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I, I really love the the rationale and the way he explained it. And uh, Kevin obviously had a like yeah. basically said what was going to happen. Like the the two of those guys and and, and the Dave, they had a. And then Dave, they, like uh, those three guys had a great night last night. And uh, I, it was good for me to be like uh, sleeping in the trunk along for the ride. 
<laughs> like you're being held hostage. Uh, all right, very good. Um, listen, great, great weekend of, uh, of hockey action and great broadcasting as well.